Well, good day, everybody, and welcome back to the extras. My name is Sam. My name is Gary, and uh, it's great to be back with you again uh, for another week of questions and answers. And uh, Gary, some very good questions coming in this week. Yeah, some tricky ones. Yeah, they've got us. Uh, I opened up a commentary, and we wrestled, and we've been. Th- so this has been excellent. Uh, lot, the the caliber of questions is, is very impressive. So well done, you question askers, and that's what we do here on the extras. We we take some time to uh, tackle questions that we don't fit in on a Sunday. Uh, Sunday we had a we had a big night of um, both announcements about bishops yep. and uh, Lord's supper, so we didn't actually get a live question time in. So we're doing the whole lot today. Um, but if you weren't there on Sunday, well, you were there, Gary. But but if, if one wasn't there on Sunday, um, just remind us, put us in the in the zone as to where we were in Matthew's gospel. Well, we started off a couple of weeks ago saying that if we saw the people around us like Jesus, we would have compassion for them and go out on mission. Mm. But what Jesus says this week is that actually, as we go out on mission, uh, not everyone's going to be happy with us. Actually, mm. that we'll be like sheep among wolves. Yeah. Uh, but he encourages us not to be afraid. He'll be with us as we do that. And he also says it's worth it because in the end, the difference between heaven and hell is what people think of him. Mm, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, yeah, hostile reception expected, but, but it gra- there's an important gravity of mm. the message that we take. Absolutely. Um, that matters. Yeah. Um, now, so we've got a couple of questions here that we're going to work our way through. Um, the first one, Gary, is, you mentioned wolves in, our, in your little summary there, that we're sheep among wolves. The other animal that gets um, mentioned in, in the passage is the serpent. Yes. Um, and uh, Jesus calls on the disciples that he sends to be wise like serpents. Now, um, why is that the case? Uh, it feels, here's the question, um, it feels like biblically speaking, serpents are really bad. Uh, it was the craftiness of the serpent in Genesis chapter 3 that leads to the coming of sin into the world. Um, is there a link here to Genesis 3 or not at all? Or what, what's, help us understand. Yeah, I think there is a link here with Genesis Chapter 3, the, the serpent was crafty, as it says in Genesis chapter 3. There's mm. a sense of the word there meaning uh, wise, in, just in a, in, a, you know, in a neutral sense, wise, crafty, clever. There's that yes. skillful, is that type yes. of idea there. There's a cunning there. Cunning, that's yeah. right. It's a, it's a neutral word. Yep. And I guess it's one of those things, it's, it's, it's also morally neutral. Mm. Uh, insofar as that to be crafty or cunning or shrewd can be used for good mm. or it could be used for evil. In the garden, the serpent uses his cunning mm. or craftiness to uh, lead people away from God, to disobey God. Mm. Uh, here, the craftiness is just about being skillful and actually knowing that you're going to be a sheep among wolves. The only way you're going to survive is, is by being yeah. wise, clever. You need uh, some street smarts to make sure that smarts. you, uh, yeah, that you play, you play clever. Yeah, it's that type of idea. Yeah. Uh, on a, on a side note, after after my talk in the morning, somebody pointed out to me that I think Queen Victoria's engagement ring had a serpent on it, mm. and back in those days, the serpent was synonymous with wisdom. Interesting. Uh, rather than kind of evil cunning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. That's interesting. That's a that's a bit of a cultural shift because yeah. we all think Slytherin and you know. That's right. That's right. Um, that's right. But but. Yeah, there, there is a there is a shrewdness, and it's interesting. There are other passages where Jesus sort of com- complements shrewdness, and yeah. um, there's a tricky one in Luke 16 with the parable of the, the Dis- dishonest dishonest manager. manager. Yeah, um, but but he's the thing that he says there is that the people of the darkness are, are shrewder and, yeah. and craftier than the people of the light, and almost calls the disciples to to learn from the non-Christian and their shrewdness and sort of apply that, but be godly yeah. in in the way that we be shrewd. There's nothing wrong with making good, right, clever decisions. Yes. You know, it's not a 
godly versus ungodly thing. It's, mm. it's to be wise is always commended in the Bible. Now, wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. Yes, but within, within those boundaries, it's yes. good to be wise. So, and, and the call from Jesus in this passage is, is innocent as, as doves, yep. but but shrewd as serpents. So, so you godly, innocent, but yep. be shrewd, be, yeah. be smart. Because you're you're in enemy territory. It's going to be dangerous. Don't mm. don't go headlong in and just sacrifice yourself to the wolves. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. That's helpful. Um, okay, now, uh, pushing along, um, yeah. the passage talks uh, down in uh, verse 40, uh, 40 and 41 about rewards. Um, yep. And in particular, it talks about a prophet's reward and a righteous person's reward. Um, the question's coming in to say, look, what, what's the difference between those two? What is Jesus referring to when he speaks of those rewards? Yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, thank you for the question. Um, to, to understand what Jesus is saying here, I think we need to start with verse 40, which is what I measured on in the talk. There is this, we have this tremendous privilege that when we go out on mission and uh, we ourselves are welcomed and our message is welcomed, uh, it is the same as people welcoming Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the same as well, people welcoming the one who sent Jesus, who is our Father in heaven, insofar as that we are truly ambassadors and representatives uh, of Jesus, and as a result, though, what 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 uh, I, uh, Jesus goes on to say, if people rep, if people welcome us, yes, uh, like they welcome Jesus, then the reward they get for welcoming Jesus uh, is is exactly the same. I think that's what it goes on goes on to say there, verses forty one and forty two. So, mm-hmm. uh, whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, a reward from that prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever works a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward, a reward from the righteous person. Mm. Uh, anyone who gives even a cup of cold water, kind of hospitality and uh, welcome to one of these little ones who is my disciple, even the least of my disciples, truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward. There's a sense that if people welcome you, disciples, on mission, mm-hmm. uh, they're welcoming me mm. and I will be rewarded accordingly. Mm. So, and it seems like here what Jesus is doing is using a little bit of a, a, a sort of a speech technique here where he begins with him, him yeah. and then he progressively works down to seemingly less and less important yeah. people. So you've got Jesus, then you've got the prophet, then you've got the righteous person, then you've got a, a little child. Yeah. But the point with each one is the same, that if you, you welcome them, it's as if you're welcoming Jesus. That's right. And, and you therefore receive the blessing that Jesus is holding out to us here. Yes. Um, so, But it is a sort of... Um, it's a clever way of sort of yeah. saying even someone as small as a child who comes in Jesus' name. That's right. If you welcome them and give them a glass of water, then there's yeah. And whoever acknowledges me, I'll acknowledge before my Father in heaven. There's there's your reward. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the reward. And, and it's interesting. Matthew uses a lot of this reward language, and he's often talking of the, the reward that's talking about is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Is in, in Matthew's yeah. gospel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie. Um, well, let, let's keep going on. This, the next question. We zoom out a little bit just to the bigger picture of how we understand this passage. Um, and it, 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 someone's noted that look, last week you, you made the point, and rightly so, that um, the the words about healing and uh, uh, the, the, the sort of preaching that was going on here was a, a local mission that the disciples were doing before um, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So yes. they were going to the tribes of Israel. Yes. Um, but then this week, it moves to this message of warning is that the same? Is this just a? Is this just to the tribe of Israel? Um, is it, uh, or is it to all? And if it is to all and to our mission, why is it different to last week? How how do we understand how to read this passage, big picture wise? 
another great question. Yeah, thank you, thank, thank, thank you for listening carefully. Yeah. Now, um, there is still elements uh, in this passage that it is the mission to Israel. So I, I focus on that in verse 23 when I said that uh, when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. There is mm-hmm. a sense that the, the task of the disciples is still to uh, bring the message that the kingdom is near mm. to Israel before Jesus dies and is raised again. Yeah, yep. And that Son of Man comes, you, you made the point on Sunday that that's the Daniel 7. Daniel 7. That's him coming to heaven in glory, yes. not coming back again. That, that's, that's right. That's his, his ascension after his death and resurrection. That's right. right. That's okay. right. Now, now, why would I say that this is more generally applicable to all disciples? So it's fascinating. If you have a look at verse uh, 18... Uh, that's that Jesus he starts in verse 17 sorry by saying you were handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues that's still the local Jewish mm-hmm. mission yep on my account you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles uh-huh. there is a sense where uh, yes that happens that's that's acts you know it's that the, the, the gospel is starting to go out beyond the bounds of Israel from you know mm. uh, Jerusalem Judea to uh, Samaria to the ends of the earth and yes. I think this this is a point of the fact that what Jesus is talking about here yes is beyond just what the the disciples local mission to Israel okay so the way you've broken it up in the, yeah. in the way that we've tackled chapter 10 is yeah. that it feels like from verse 16 there, there's a broadening of the horizon yeah. here to um, to even the mission beyond um, the Israel into the ends of the earth the, that's the, right the Gentile mission and that's hinted at there in verse 18 yes yeah okay yeah um, and so in that sense, the question is that, that actually there are things to be drawn here for us yes. in our mission. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And But probably, is it right to say that in the same way as last week, we, we, we read last week's passage through the lens of Matthew 28 and the Great Commission, we, we still read this yes. week's passage through that same lens. That's right. Yeah. That, that's correct. So, I mean, there are local elements here which are specific to the disciples' experience in mm-hmm. their point of salvation history. Yes. Uh, but where we enter is through the Great Commission in yep. Uh, Matthew 28. Okay. All right. Great. All right. That's really helpful. Um, okay. Let, let's go on here. Um, verse 28. Um, we'll move down the passage a little bit here. Uh, there, there's some interesting comments uh, from Jesus about hell. Um, he says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Um, now, uh, Jesus speaks of hell probably more than anyone else. In, That's uh, correct. In, in, yep. uh, in the New Testament. Yep. Um, someone's got an eagle eye here and they're, they're noting, look, are those in hell completely destroyed? Um, is, is it destructive uh, end of that person's existence? Or, uh, or are we to, is that what Jesus is getting at here? I mean, the, the uh, technical term for that type of idea is annihilation. You know, are people mm. destroyed in hell, they cease to exist mm. in judgment. Yes. Uh, look, re- reading that, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could launch an argument for that. But I, I, I reckon, what we, ne- we need to make sure to, uh, that we don't let scripture disagree with scripture. So we mm. need to look, look at all the va- passages talking about hell together. Yes. And you'll find in places like uh, Mark chapter nine. Yes. Uh, verse forty-eight. There is this idea of ongoing punishment. Mm. Uh, but here, I think the reason why uh, it, it's phrased like this, it's, it's, it's a comparison mm. in verse 28. Do not be afraid of the ones who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can do more than that. Yes. yes who, who can destroy both body and soul in yes. hell. Yeah, that's right. So, it's, and he's, so his comparison is, look, human authorities 
can't have nothing to do with your soul. That's God, right. God is the one who determines the uh, what's going on with your soul, yeah. and that's much more important. And that's much more important. And then the main point is, uh, you're more important than sparrows. Yes. You know, that's the thing. That's the main point Jesus is getting at. That uh, do not be afraid, because the one who could destroy body and soul, mm. who has that enormous power, yes. actually cares for you. Yes. Yeah. So it's less of a comment on the nature of hell. Yes. Um, and actually, and to, in order to put our doctrine of hell together, we need to we need to be broad readers of the text. Yes. Um, and and there, as you mentioned, Mark nine and plenty plenty of others. Yeah. Um, Jesus speaks, like we said, more than anyone else yeah. about hell. Seems to imply this ongoing because because was Mark nine that talks about the the fire never going out, the yep. worm never dying, this ongoing eternal punishment. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Helpful. Uh, all right. Well, last one for today. Um, uh, in verse thirty three. Jesus says that whoever disowns him, he will disown. Yeah. How does this reconcile with Peter's denials? Um, as Peter is a disciple who, who later goes on to spread uh, the gospel and die for the gospel, did it seems like Jesus didn't disown him. Yep. <laughs> uh, but so so will Jesus actually disown us if if we deny him? What about if there's like a, a social situation or or in a life threatening situation? Um, you deny Jesus, is that it? Are you done? Or can you have a Peter-like experience and be kind of brought back into the fold? I think we always need to approach questions like this from the perspective of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, it's always about grace. It's, it's less about us and we've got to trust that God knows. Mm-hmm. God knows what we're doing. Uh, God knows our situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, God will be gracious for us. I think, I mean, again, this is... It's it's a comparison, isn't it? Whoever acknowledges me, I will acknowledge. Whoever disowns me, I will dis- disown. Basically, what Jesus is saying is that uh, your eternal destiny comes down to what you think of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Peter one is, is great. You know, Peter did turn his back on Jesus, yet mm. Jesus uh, restores him. Mm. So there's never a point at which we there's no turning back unless we decide to. Uh, sin with the high hand I guess is the way to put it you know shake our fist at God and said not not for me I want nothing to do with this so I mean put, put you on the spot here does, yeah. does that somehow sort of lessen the impact of what Jesus is saying here that you can sort of go oh, it doesn't matter then you know I get into a pressured social situation it doesn't really matter if I stand up for Jesus and it doesn't matter you know I'm at, I'm at uni or I'm at work and there's a bit of, bit of pressure going on and is it okay for me to sort of play along and trust that it's all about growth. You know, we were talking about this in growth group last yeah. time, actually, this yeah. same idea yeah. of um, uh, how, how much license can you take um, with grace and how much, you know, there, there's... Yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it, that in the end though, I mean, there is that sense of, of grace and the gospel, yet Jesus' words are pretty strong. Anyone who does not uh, mm. uh, take up the cross or anyone who loves their father or other more than me, so... You know, there's grace and then there's cheap graces and there's mm. to quote uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So, uh, it, it, look, it's 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 an issue where uh, generations of Christian people have sacrificed greatly to stand up for Jesus. But mm. I think it goes back to verse 16. We need to be wise as serpents and innocent mm. as doves. You know, there's mm. a there there is a there are times where uh, we can go looking for trouble unnecessarily. Yes. yes. But there are times where, uh, to be innocent, we need to we need to stand up and bear the consequences for our yeah. uh, uh, relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and I think I mean being a student of church history is a helpful thing on this yeah. front. Like I, I'm thinking at the moment of um, the story of Thomas Cranmer. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you know the story. If you're listening, he was one of the reformers in England in the um, Protestant Reformation, sort of 
um, 1500s kind of time. Um, huge part to play in the in, in the prayer book that we that we have. But um, his his Protestant views landed him in prison, and That's right. um, there was a huge amount of pressure upon him to to recant uh, of, of his Protestant views, particularly around you know justification by faith and. Uh, these big things we were talking about in Romans, and uh, the pressure got so much um, because because his life was on the line that he um, he signed a, a recantation yep. um, where he recanted his views and and on paper went back to a, a Catholic um, a, a view of of, um, of how he, how he was saved. But then he, he he realized that was the wrong thing to do, and, and under the pressure, so he he recanted his recantation, um, and then they they did kill him. In the end, and and the, the the story goes, and I think this is this is correct that as he was led out to the stake to be burned to death, uh, he put his hand, his right hand, into the flames and said, "This hand should be burned first, for it sinned greatly." Mm. Um, and, and he he recognised um, that he wanted he didn't want to deny Jesus, and he wanted to, and, and so he, he his hand was burnt, and then his whole self was burnt, and he he was killed for it for his faith in Jesus. Now that's a a huge kind of um, dramatic story, but it, it shows, I think, this sense of it, it, sometimes in the in the moment we may get it wrong. Yeah. Um, and but that but then at that point, I think Kramer, we want to follow Kramer's example, which is to say we stand back up for Jesus and we say, "I was wrong. I buckled under pressure. Yeah. Trust in the grace of God." Yeah. But then stand for Christ. And I guess the other thing to say in all that, what 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 led Kramer to change his mind? What what what? It's the Holy Spirit working in him. You know, again, we we think that it's all about us and our, our ability to hold on to the faith. That God is at work in us, bringing us uh, to repentance, and, mm. uh, and I assume that's what happened with Cranmer. Yeah, that that's right. And so there there is a sense in which um, God is with us, um, and even in those moments where we are fearful, yeah. Uh, whether that's as simple as being fearful because there's a there's an office conversation that is yep. um, kind of going a bit anti-Christian and you're yep. feeling a bit uncomfortable or yep. whether that's something as significant as your life is on the line for that's Christ. Right. Um, God is with you and uh, trust Him. Yep. Um, know that He's gracious but stand for Him in the power of the Spirit. Yeah, so I think it's both, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Stand firm yep. because the one who stands firm will be saved. Yes. Yeah, but you know, God knows that mm. you're weak. Yeah, that's right. And I guess for us, I mean, we're not yet... At a point of where we're not yet facing the the, the, the struggles of someone like Cranmer, no. um, society is is moving rapidly, yeah, uh, and the wolves are ready and they're they're yeah. they're, they're rallying against yeah. us. But there is still a, a semblance of, of freedom to be a Christian. Um, but that that those days are coming, I think, uh, when it's going to get harder and harder to to live for Christ. Can I just make a totally unjustified a parallel at this point, though? I sure. Mean, uh, you know, a flock of sheep has a better chance against wolves. <laughs> yeah, okay. Rather than the sheep by itself. Yeah. So I think in this age where we're facing more opposition, uh, being part of the fellowship, being part of a church is more yes. important than ever. Yeah. So Gary, are you saying um, shrewdness would say be at the middle of the pack so that the, 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 the ones on the outside get picked off? Is that is that where you're putting it? Uh, <laughs> you could. I think you watch a few too many nature documentaries, Sam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the shrewd sheep gets to the centre of the, like, the, center of the right. flock. That's right. No, no, yeah, no, I'm joking. Um, okay, no, that, that's helpful. Um, well, that, that's it for uh, questions this week. Now, we're not quite finished in Matthew's Gospel. We've got a couple no. of weeks left. Uh, but can you tell us, where, where are we heading to this coming Sunday? Well, this coming Sunday, we're, we're, we're meeting John the Baptist again. Okay. A fascinating character. And he basically asks the question, you know, to Jesus, are you the one? 
Yeah. Or is it somebody else? Yeah. And uh, what we discover is getting it right about Jesus and who he is is very, very important. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Okay, so that's uh, so. what do we want to read for this Sunday? We want to read chapter 11. How far are we going, do you, do you remember? Uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 1 to 24, I believe it 1 is. 1 to 24. All right, so yeah, get into the scriptures. Um, read up Matthew chapter 11. Get get prepared. Keep firing in your questions on a, on a Sunday there. They're very helpful and we're, we're thankful for those who ask questions, gets us thinking, gets us um, going back to the scripture and, and reading scripture in light of scripture, which is one of the things that we, you would know as you listen to this podcast that we want to do and we want to um, yeah, keep, keep helping you to do as well. So, Gary, thanks for your work. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you all at church on Sunday. See you later. Bye-bye.